0: Many believed. Even through opposition, God used it. Not only this, God uses opposition to shake up the church of Jesus Christ. The church had become too comfortable. And later on we'll see that through opposition, the church went from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the outermost parts of the world. And if opposition would have never come in persecution, the church would have never gone anywhere.
1: Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Today's lesson continues our series exploring the inspiring lives of some of the Bible's greatest faith heroes. Contemplating Peter and John's unapologetic boldness as they shared the gospel, Raul will challenge us to stand firm in the Lord even when we face opposition. Stay with us to see how the disciples' unwavering witness drew thousands of people to Jesus. Here's Raul Reese with the lesson, Peter's Boldness. Acts
0: chapter 4, beginning with verses 1 through 12. Now remember going back to a couple of weeks ago, a layman was healed by Peter and John as in the temple. He was outside of the temple and he had been lame from all of his life. 40 years, 38 years he was crippled. And all of a sudden... Peter declares, Silver and gold have I none, but in the name of Jesus Christ, arise and walk. And as he took him up, and he began to leap, and to walk, and to praise God. That steered up the whole city of Jerusalem. Now the reason they did that is because you had the Sadducees, you had the Pharisees, you had the temple guards, and you had the priests. Four units that you had to deal with in Jerusalem. And I want to first of all deal with the text. And then I will tell you who the captain of the temple were. And who were the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin. But let's read the scripture and see what he says. Verse 1. And as they spoke to the people. And literally. Now remember you have a chapter division here. Which was given to us in the 15th century. Where you have verses and chapters. In the old scrolls of the scriptures. In the, in the old scrolls there was no chapter division. The thought continued, okay? So, uh, what he's saying to you is that Peter and James were talking to the people. He, they, they were teaching the people. And so we come about in this whole area. And as they spoke to the people, the priest and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid their hands on them and they put them in the custody until the next day, for it was already evening. However, many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to be about 5,000. And it came to pass on the next day, that the rulers, elders, and scribes, as well as Annas, the high priest, and Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and as many as were of the family of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked them, By what power or by what name have you done this? And then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we are judged this day for the good deeds done to the helpless men, by what means he has been made well? Let it be known to you and all, and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, who God raised from the dead, And by him this man stands here before you all. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men, by which we must be saved. Now, the first thing that we take place here is, we want to speak on the boldness in using the name of Jesus Christ. There is power in the name of Jesus Christ. That is a name that not only man, but that the demons and Satan himself and all hell fear. And they tremble at the name of Jesus. Now, notice that in verse 1, verses 1 through 4, we see the arrest of Peter. And we want to look at this great expression of opposition against the apostles of Jesus Christ. Now recognize one thing. If you're really a believer in the kingdom of God, then expect opposition. If you truly are going to stand for the gospel of Jesus Christ, and you're preaching the truth, and you're living the truth, then expect opposition not only from Satan and his demons, but expect opposition from people that love you and care about you. Jesus taught this and you need to understand that you are going to be persecuted now you may not be persecuted like the disciples were in the first century church in the second century where they were crucified they were nailed to a cross they were burned at the stake they were thrown into the lion's den they tied their feet to chariots and then they would hit the horses off and as they would run they would splatter their brains all over but that's, maybe that's not what you're going to have to go through I believe that some of you are receiving opposition from your families because they're in another religion. And you are not in a religion. You are in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's the difference. And so opposition has come to you where they'll not speak to you. They constantly harass you. They constantly curse you. And you feel really bad inside because you said, "Man, I didn't ever expected this to happen." Jesus said, "In the world you shall have tribulations. Be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world." And if you're a wife, you may be getting opposition from your husband, where he doesn't want you to go to church. He doesn't want you to read the scriptures. And maybe some of your husbands are receiving also position from your wives, or both can be receiving opposition from those at work, those that you go to school with, those that are your neighbors. Well, the reason is because you bear the name of Jesus Christ. There's something different about you than there's different about religious people. And you need to understand your position in Jesus Christ. For here is Peter and John. They're sharing the truth of God. And then all of a sudden, man, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Sanhedrin, and also the temple guards come. And they arrest them because they're speaking the truth of Jesus Christ. They're not rebels. They're not, they're not communists. And it's important that we understand that when we speak of opposition or we speak of true persecution, read the book, Fox's Book of Martyrs. That will give you an idea of what true persecution is. I don't think that we have persecution in America. It's materialism that is killing the church. Worldliness. Loving the world more than loving God. That's what's really killing the church. Carnality. And the Bible says that we need to test the spirits. To see whether they're of God or not of God. And I think it's wise and it's important that as we begin to see the disciples sharing of their faith. And what were they sharing? The main theme of the book of Acts was the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They were sharing that this guy that was crippled for 38 years. The only reason he was made well. It wasn't because of Peter's faith or John's faith. It was because the name of Jesus Christ. That this man had put his faith upon the name of Jesus Christ. And that through God's power. God himself had made him well. And the Pharisees and the Sadducees did not like that. They hated it. Now the Sadducees. These men believed only in the five books of Moses. That's all they believed in the Pentateuch. And the Sadducees were the rationalists of their time and the materialists of that time. They were the rationalist and the materialist of their time. Now the Pharisees. The Pharisees believed in the resurrection. They believed in angels. They believed in the Pentateuch. But the Pharisees are found only a hundred times in the New Testament. The Pharisees were very self-righteous. Now, with the Sadducees and the Pharisees, there was another party that was made, which was called the Sanhedrin. And the Sanhedrin was literally a political group. Kind of like in Washington, D.C. You have the political groups, and you have the Senate. You have these, which was made up of 70 men. 70 men in that party. 24 were priests, 24 were elders, and 22 were scribes. And the scribes were those who wrote the law of God on paper or on papyrus' paper. These men had come to the place of taking these men and begin to accuse Peter and John because they did not like what they were preaching.
1: This is Somebody Lives You Radio with roll Reese. For resources to empower your witness, call 800-634-9165 or visit somebodylovesyou.com. And while you're there, check out the details of our upcoming Footsteps of Paul tour. Ron invites you to join him later this year from November 6th through the 16th. Let's continue now with the conclusion of today's
0: lesson, Peter's Boldness. Now, the reason I gave you this is because these men were of very much importance. They ruled the country. And so that means that Peter and John in this condition did not have a chance. Did not have a chance. First of all, you'll see later on, is because they'd never been to seminary. And it's interesting that God began to use those that were unlearned. And God took them through the school of the experience. And then God anointed them and God filled them with His Holy Spirit and gave them the message. God will use anyone who will submit himself to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Now these men could have become very worried about this whole concept of being arrested. But notice because of their preaching. Listen what he says. Because of their preaching in verse 4. Many believe and the number came to be about 5,000 people. Now get this. It doesn't mean that 5,000 people were saved right there. That's adding from the 3,000, 2 more thousand to make up 5,000 in the Greek language. The old King James doesn't say that. The new Cain says this. Notice the new King James says this. However, many of those heard the word believed. And the number of the men came to be about 5,000. That's including those 3,000 that were saved in chapter where? In chapter 2, in chapter 3. So there's now 5,000 in the church of Jesus Christ because of the preaching of the gospel of truth. They never ever had to force anyone to accept Jesus Christ. They came on their own as the Holy Spirit drew them to Himself. Many believed. Even through opposition, God used it. Not only this, God uses opposition to shake up the church of Jesus Christ. The church had become too comfortable. And later on we'll see that through opposition, the church went from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the outermost parts of the world. And if opposition would have never come and persecution, the church would have never gone anywhere. Now you may not ever be arrested like John and Peter were, but let me tell you something. People will come to you and they will try to discourage you. They will try to discourage you from following Jesus Christ. The result of the preaching. Notice what happened. The result of the preaching. And however many of those who heard the word of God believed. And the number of the men came to be about five thousand. Notice that it says they did not listen to Peter and John. The men came to Jesus Christ. Why? Because of the word of God. Because of the word of God. What did Paul say in 2 Corinthians chapter 4? For we preach not ourselves but Jesus Christ crucified and resurrected. We don't preach ourselves. We have nothing to share apart from Jesus Christ. And these people were steered to come to know the knowledge of the truth. Because who? Because Jesus Christ was in the midst of His preaching. Using Peter and John like He'll use you and me. And when God brings His people, it's exciting because He has done the work. And if He has done the work, He will keep them. They're not going to leave Jesus Christ. Because those children will truly become born again of the Holy Spirit. Those will be the true believers. And so in this whole concept, and the result of the preaching, now notice the trial of the Sanhedrin, verses 5 to 12. These are the consequences of the preaching. And it came to pass on the next day. They had to wait because it was already 3 o'clock. They couldn't take him to court until the next day was already too late. And it came to pass on the next day that the rulers, elders, and scribes as well as Annas, the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and as many as were of the family of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst of them, they asked them, by what authority, or what power, and by what name have you done this? Notice the question. Notice the question, because the question comes up. And it's important that you understand that the question is a question of authority. By what authority have you done this? And anything that you do under the name of Jesus Christ, you better have the authority of Jesus Christ. If it's going to last. By what authority are you doing this? And you know what I think of this? I think that any one of us that has any type of question, I think that we should always, always ask questions to see if it is truly biblical or not biblical. Why is this taking place? Why is it happening? Show me the scriptures. They're asking the question. Listen to what Peter says. Here's Peter's response. His answer to the question as verses 8 to 12. And then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said unto them. Now notice a different Peter here. We see him in Pentecost. Totally changed concerning his anointing. Concerning his preaching, his teaching. But notice now his apologetical work here. He is defending the faith filled with the Holy Spirit. And too many times we're trying to defend Jesus Christ in the flesh. And we are not filled with the Holy Spirit. And we don't have the wisdom of God. And so we get ourselves in trouble. Notice the attitude and the character here of Peter. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. Totally filled. filled. With the Holy Spirit. And notice what he says. Rulers. He's addressing himself. Rulers of the people and elders of Israel. Very polite. If we this day are being judged. For a good deed done to this helpless man. By what means he has been made well or healed. Let me tell you. Let it be known to you. Verse 10 and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, can you imagine speaking like that to Congress? (laughs) I mean, look at Peter's boldness. He doesn't care. You killed him, but God raised him up. I like his preaching. He brings the negative, and he pops it with the positive. He says, you killed him, but guess what? He's alive. Because he resurrected. That's the heart of the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The resurrection. And Peter is hitting on an authority that is very important. He said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Now, let me give you a little background to the name of Jesus. Going back into the Old Testament. The Jews would never ever allow themselves to use the name of God. The name that the Jews would use would be Jehovah. Or in capital letters, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Which means Jehovah, Lord. And you'll see that in your Bible. So you need to understand that when you read that. Then you'll come across the name Lord, capital L, small O, small R, and small D. And that's Adonai in Hebrew. Which in the Greek Context means Lord. Okay? curious. It's important that you understand this. That when the Jews took the name of Jehovah or God, the translators took the liberty of four consonants of God's name, and they added the vowels pointing to the word Adonai, which is the word Lord that I just gave to you. And using that... Four continents, the name came to the closest sound, Yahweh. Yah, in Hebrew, way, which means Jehovah. And so what happened here, the name of God was so tremendous that they decided that any time they would come across the name of God, they would keep silent and they would bow their heads before God and they would not mention the name of God. The name of Jesus has power behind its context. All through the scripture, we see the name of Jesus. And we should pray in the name of Jesus, and we should end with the name of Jesus. For in Greek, the word Jesus is Joshua or Jehoshua, which means Jehovah is my salvation, or God is my salvation. That's the name of Jesus. Jesus Christ has become our salvation. And I think it's wise, and I think it's important what Peter is bringing out here. He's saying, by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, yet whom God raised up from the dead, by Him, this man standing here well, he is healed because of the name of Jesus. And that should be our proclamation. Anything that takes place in my life, whether God does anything in my life, good or bad, whatever it is that He does, we should give Him the credit for He is the one that is doing it through the name of Jesus. There is power, brothers and sisters, in the name of Jesus Christ. You should take a concordance one of these days and look up the word, the name or the name of Jesus and do a study for yourselves. You will blow your mind how many times the name of Jesus is used. We're not weaklings. We are powerful people of the Lord. For our God means salvation. He's the one that we serve. And that's why it's important. As Peter got up and he spoke. Not only did he speak. But Peter backs up everything by the Old Testament. Remember the New Testament hasn't been written yet. The New Testament doesn't even come into writing. Until about 150 AD. All they have is... Old Testament scriptures. And everything else is by experience or what they had written for themselves as Jesus was speaking to them, and that's it. That's it. And yet, look at how many people were able to die for the faith and believe in the name of Jesus. Then you have Bibles like we have 39 Old Testament books and, 29, and 27 in the New Testament, 66 six books. They only had parts. Of the scroll, and they would read it, and they would take it in security to their hearts, and most of them memorize scripture. They memorize the word of God. And so Peter says, "Look, this is what took place." But I want to tell you also this: that in the Old Testament, listen what he says in Psalm one eighteen verse twenty two and Isaiah twenty eight sixteen. It says this about Jesus Christ: "This is the stone." This is the massive stone which was rejected by the builders which has become the chief cornerstone. You know what he means by that? When they were building the temple, okay, when they were building the temple, there was a corner that was left out. There was one cornerstone missing. And the historians tell us that one day as they were walking by, they kicked this cornerstone and they uncovered it. And it was a cornerstone that would fit perfectly on the corner of the building. Jesus was that gap in the Old Testament to become the cornerstone in the new and the old. For Jesus Christ is the bridge builder between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. Jesus Christ. He stood in the old as He stands in the new. And because He stands in the old and He is revealed in the new, listen to the last verse, He says this, and this is the reason He says, notice what He's going to say. Neither is there salvation in any other, For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must. You know what the word must is? It's an infinitive thing. He says, there's no way you can get out of it. You must be saved through Jesus Christ or else you'll go to hell. You must. You must be saved through Jesus Christ. And if you don't come through Jesus Christ and you try to go any other way, you're going to be lost for salvation is of the Lord. He's the only one that can give you salvation deep in our hearts and our minds.
1: We hope today's lesson has strengthened your resolve to stand strong for Christ, even in a world that's increasingly opposed to the gospel. You're listening to Somebody Loves Your Radio with Raul Reese. Today's lesson was titled, Peter's Boldness. If you'd like to get a complete copy of the lesson, we'll be happy to send it to you for a donation of $5 or more. Just call us at 800-634-9165. We'd also like to tell you about the additional encouragement of this entire series we're currently airing. Titled Men of the Bible, Rawls' 20-part study is available on both CD and USB drive, making it ultra-convenient for you to dive into more accounts of faith-filled lives. You'll see that like Peter, Moses, Joseph, and others who've gone before you, you can do mighty things for God in the strength of His name. To order all's 20-lesson Men of the Bible series, visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165. We'll send you a flash drive for $21 or the CD set for $26. That's 800-634-9165. Or you can write us at Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. Your tax-deductible donations keep us on the air, and we are grateful for your partnership. Next time on Somebody Loves You Radio, we'll dive into more of the life-shaping truth God has for us in His Word.